We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. Almighty God, it's your breath that we borrow to sing to you, to lift our praises, to speak of the things that you've done in our lives. We ask that in this moment, as we enter into this season, that your spirit would stir each of our hearts to long for you, to look for you, to notice you. We ask that for those in our city who are looking for warmth physically and spiritually and emotionally, that you would make us an instrument of that, that you would use your people, you'd use your church to point to you. We ask that whatever we've brought into this space today, our our longings, our hopes, our dreams, our heartaches, our griefs, the things we're missing, that you would comfort us, that you would fill us, you would bring contentment to each of us. Make our hearts expectant of what you'll do in each of our lives. Surprise us with your mercy and love and grace. Transform us in your image. That when others see us, they see you. For the poor and the marginalized, for the oppressed in our community, we ask that you'd use this Advent as we approach this Christmas to energize us to work your mission in the world. Grant us all of this by your spirit and your love. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Invite Dr. Pace up today uh, in lieu of us. It's got to be Tom Tom, today. Sorry. You're my boss, so sometimes, you know, (laughs) you've got to keep it together. Just tell me when you want me to call you Dr. Pace. Okay, Mr. Bagby. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, Reverend Bagby, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Please, please, Reverend Bagby. Uh, Instead of having a sermon today, we're going to have a conversation about hope. And I thought it would be a great way for us to kind of begin this Advent season because that's kind of the foundation of uh, Advent is hope. We're hoping for something. We're longing for something. And I think Tom has preached a fair amount of sermons about hope, uh, uh, especially during the Advent season. I think it would be helpful for us to kind of learn from one another and also just to prepare all of our hearts in a conversation uh, to be people of hope. And so to kind of prime our conversation and to kind of set the stage for us, I want to read this passage from the prophet Isaiah. So it's in the second chapter of Isaiah, the first five verses, and this is what it says. This is what Isaiah, Amoz's son, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the light of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways, so that we may walk in God's paths. Instruction will come from Zion, the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows, their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. Mm. Come, house of Jacob. Mm. Let's walk by the Lord's light. Mm. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this promise that you've given us. Uh, for this future, this definite future 
that you've set before us, for this vision that you gave the prophet Isaiah. Give us that vision now. Uh, Help us be part of it. Help us see the next steps in it. Open our eyes and our hearts to you and what you desire for us, for our city, for this nation, for the world, for all of creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're starting this Advent series uh, called Something's About to Happen. Uh, Borrowed that from one of my professors, Tom Long, who before he was a a preaching professor, uh, preached at a really small Presbyterian church. And he had someone in a Sunday school class to him say one time, you know what I love about this church? Uh, It always feels like something's about to happen. And Dr. Long said, that's what the church should be, is people who live in this expectation that something is always about to happen, that always have that feeling. And I think we've all been there before, like on, uh, the night before Christmas, or maybe when a baby is on the way or something else, we have this feeling that something is about to happen. And that's a, a disposition, Dr. Long says, that Christians should have mm-hmm. and that we should mm-hmm. have for the season of Advent. And so we begin this first week thinking about hope, uh, and hope is thrown a- around a lot. There's a a church in our city named Hope City. Uh, sorry, sorry, shouldn't mention them. I'm getting, a, I'm learning a lot already this morning. Tom, Hope City. There's another church even closer that their billboards say, uh, "Find hope here," or "Hope oh, is found wow. here." You know, um, it's a Christian buzzword. We also use it kind of commonly, like, "I hope this happens. I hope that doesn't happen." Uh, and because it's so common, I think maybe we've lost its meaning. At least it's a specific Christian meaning. So I want to learn from you, Tom. Uh, what is, what is hope? You know, I, we use it so many different ways, like, uh, I hope I win the lottery, mm-hmm. right? So that's like, when you say, I hope I win the lottery, it's like it's not going to happen, but I hope so. Yeah, sure. Right? I don't, think, I don't really think it's going to happen. I, don't, I haven't gone and run up the credit cards, yeah. but I do hope I win the lottery. I might buy a ticket even. Uh, that's right. Oh, we'll use it, sometimes we'll use it as a way of saying no. That's my favorite. Like, are you going to be at the meeting? Well, I hope to be there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Which means I'm not uh-huh. coming. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not coming to the meeting at all. Uh, sometimes I think we use it like um, just as sort of this. Um, the world around us is really crummy, but I want to be positive. Mm-hmm. I want to be. So it's a wishful thinking kind of. I'm a, I'm a person of hope, so right. I, I'm happy all the time, right. even though you know. I think we use it that way. And, but I think when you think about Christian hope, you're thinking about something that has a certain conclusion, right? right? A certain, we know how, how um, we, uh, uh, what did we just sing? I know how the story ends, right? right. So we, we have that sense of certainty. The, the, if you look it up in the dictionary, it says, a wish or desire accompanied by confident expectation of its fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So I think... We, that hope has some kind of confidence in it. But at the same time, I think sometimes we think of it like um, like there's a specific way we want to see it accomplished. So we have these expectations of God, like um, I, I, uh, my mother is sick, so I'm, I am confident and I have hope that my mother will be healed uh, from cancer and um, that is sort of that name it, claim it thing. And I don't think, so I, I think we need to think in terms of not, not expectations, but expectation. We have this expectation. And maybe I like the, I like the word expectancy, that there's this, this belief that an amazing thing is coming. And we have these handles in scripture that we can kind of grab onto it with. 
but we're humble enough to know, hey, it's not really, you know, what, uh, it's like a, somebody said to me before I got married, well, son, I don't know what you think marriage is like, but it's not really like that. Um, and uh, I think we, we have to take hold of that realization that there's, that there's something um, uh, amazing. Walter Brueggemann is one of my favorite authors who's kind of like, um, he's an Old Testament scholar and uh, but he's a he's a, a pot stirrer kind of guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah. He says things are like, ooh, I don't know if I'd have said that, right? Uh, he says he says hope on the one hand is an absurdity too embarrassing to speak about, for it flies in the face of all those claims we have been told are facts. Hope is the refusal to accept the reading of reality, which is the majority opinion, the one that and. And one does that only at great political and existential risk. On the other hand, hope is subversive, for it limits the grandiose pretension of the present, daring to announce that the present to which we have all made commitments is now called into question. Like, like the world as I'm living in it is not going to be that. Right. And, and there's a certain... Um, you know, Advent is a time of real positive feelings, but if you look at the history of Advent over the years, there's a little fear and trembling in it, right? Because it, it, you know, when the, when Mary says, I'm going to bring down the mighty and lift up the humble, I'm like, uh-oh, right? I don't think I'm in the humble category. I think I'm in the, right? So there's that trembling that goes with it. Right. There's like this expectation of radical change too. Like it's not just like, incremental change right. or like things are going to be a little bit different like he kind of draws this picture of like it's going to be really really different and it makes me think of like in science the law of induction they're like we can we can plan like that's how science works is that past futures present futures and future futures will all be the same so like i'll unpack it a little bit meaning like that a, sci a science experiment like an apple falling on a tree and hitting you on the head worked back then and it works now and it'll probably work tomorrow and we have confidence that it'll happen because we've experienced it in the past. If we went outside and tried it today, it would happen. And we expect our grandchildren will experience it the same way. But the way Christians view the future is like, well, actually, some future futures are going to be totally different. They're oh, like, yeah, yeah we yeah. expect war to bubble up. It always has. It is now. Right, right. And in the future future, this picture that Isaiah paints, they won't study war anymore. You know, like that, that yeah, law of induction works to a point until God says no more. Like God holds those things in existence and at some point he'll say, no, this is the way it's going to be now. Mm. And we get tastes of it and, and visions of it. And so, yeah, I love that, that definition from Brueggemann. It reminds me of that and also just that there's a difference between plain optimism and Christian hope. And I think the, the distinction I would make between the two is that optimism comes from us, like that we, we can kind of muster it up, like, oh, everything's, everything's <laughs> right. going to be okay. Every morning. Yeah. All right, okay. It's going to be all right, yeah. Every morning all I drive to well, work, I'm like, oh, But Christian hope is external. That, like, there's a point where it's dependence, like, oh, this doesn't depend on me. Uh, that's different than, like, everything's going to be all right. That's like, God is going to make everything right with or without me, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and I think that's the, the, the hardest distinction. Um, that's what we see in Isaiah, too. I love that, that, that it's a given thing to him. Isaiah didn't say, look at this thing I came up with, His, this, this vision that he's given. No, it's not, it's not in yeah. the, 
the he doesn't say might be or maybe he says uh-huh. will, this be, will be and, yeah, it's a and god will make it happen sure yeah. sure uh and even isaiah i mean we see later in that in like in isaiah 6 the same fear of like god's giving me this stuff and i'm like i don't know is it me should it be me or this this these terrifying images and also this we want the world to be a certain way and god, god desires the world to be a certain way i think the the I, I saw this on Facebook this week. I thought it was really helpful thinking about Thanksgiving, one, but also this idea of hope as I was wrestling with it, preparing for this conversation. Uh, Jack Gilbert said, we must have the stubbornness to accept our gladness in the ruthless furnace of this world. Mm. Um, there's like a, yeah, a digging your heels in that like, it doesn't look like Isaiah 2 yet, but I trust that it will. Like in the uh, furnace refusal of this world. to, as, as Brueggemann said, a refusal to accept right, the facts that right. we see yeah. as the as yeah. the actual reality right. that will be. Right. Mm-hmm. And and more than just okay, I accept. Yes, Christian hope. Isaiah two. It's gonna turn out okay. I trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a, just a disposition or an attitude or like agreeing with some idea. But I think hope is more than that too. Mm. Right. I think it might ask us to do something maybe yeah, i think you have to live you have to live your hope you have yeah. to act, it's, it, uh, hope is active right, right. so um, one of my favorite quotes is robert frost he says uh is one of my favorite poets he, and he says you don't have to uh, we not only have to believe in the future we have to believe the future in mm-hmm. we have to create it mm-hmm. as we as we believe it we have to bring it in in uh to uh bring it to pass and uh, a friend of mine, Tim Brewster, who's a pastor in Fort Worth, said that he was preaching on hope uh, eight or ten years ago. And he went to the URL on the Internet that was hope.com. And it said, this URL has been purchased, is not yet active. And he said, I think that's like a lot of us Christians. Yeah. If you go to hope.com, you know, we, we, we own it, but we don't do anything with it, Right. But if you go to hope.com now, this is what you see. I don't know if they show it there. There There it is over there. Uh, Bitcoin is hope is what it says. I don't know if it would say that today, but that might have been a week ago. It might have said that. Uh, But, yeah, that's sad. I mean, uh, I, I think we have to choose to live our hope. We have to live as if. We have to practice the, the the living by the kingdom rules right now. That's why Jesus says, so we're going to b- uh, beat our swords into plowshares. Jesus says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn your left cheek right. as well, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, so the idea is we're going to live by the principles of that future that is as much as we can yeah. in this day here and now. I like, I've like i always liked the image of um, I'm a PC guy and you're a Mac guy, right? Everybody cool is a Mac guy. And, That's uh, so nice you called me yeah, cool. I appreciate that. Everybody cool is a Mac person. <laughs> I, it, it, it's like shifting operating systems. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like we're, we're the, that which is low is now high and that which is high is now low. Everything is different. And so to choose in a world that's all PC to live by Mac yeah. is living by the kingdom rules instead of our own rules right now. And I, th- I think that is how we practice hope. That's how we, we live it is we don't go, well, someday I'm going to be nice to people right. once the kingdom comes. But no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for my enemies like now. Right. 
That, I, I think that's what Jesus is teaching us. So is PC furnace of the world and Mac is Christian hope? Is yeah, that, that's okay, it. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. That's cool. it. Uh, uh, I think so. Yeah. We no, get I, the viruses you don't, so yeah, that's yeah, it. All right, you know? yeah. uh, that's good. Uh, I, I'm reminded of, so in junior high, my Christian faith was kind of awakened, or at least planted in some way by Shane Claiborne, um, oh, who yeah, wrote this book, right. Irresistible Revolution. And he, I mean, he really impacted me because he was like, you know, Christians believe stuff, but they also do stuff, you know, and that was, I mean, he didn't say that, but that's kind of boiled down what attracted me to him is like, oh, you know, like this, this asks something of us. And he's still doing that today. Um, one thing that he does, uh, he travels around to different churches to do this is people can bring their weapons to him. And he has this like metallurgist like person that will turn your guns or swords or knives into, into farming tools. So he's like living into this vision of Isaiah, wow. um, and that if people give those things up, that they, they, it's this. Yeah, all, all we can study war now, but eventually we don't have to anymore. That's not what Isaiah is saying. Is like this vision is for us to step into now, and that's not to make a statement about whether right, you should right, give up right. your weapons or whatever else. But it's he's wanting to say, look, we can start participating in this now, and in, in the face of violence that we witness and, and hear about all the time, we could live into this vision now and have those those things turned over, we could cultivate something. I mean, it's appropriately metaphorical for a place like Branches, where we want to live this slow agricultural life instead of living a life that's marred by violence and harm. Um, mm. I, I uh, sent this tweet to you earlier this week. Fleming Rutledge is an Episcopal priest, and she tweets uh, and she says some spicy things, much like Walter Brueggemann, and she says people always ask her what they should read for Advent, and she says, and people always want Christmassy stuff. And she suggested two Cormac McCarthy novels, uh, The Road and Blood Meridian. And then she said, uh, Advent is not for sissies, mm. uh, which is not, not the, the, the language I would use necessarily. Uh, but have you read any Cormac McCarthy before? I didn't, have not. Well, no. sissy, you should get on it. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, the, he, he paints this vision that I would not look at as like, this is Christian hope. The Road, for instance, was really popular back in the day. Father, son, post-apocalyptic world, violent, horrible, awful. Uh, but there's this, like, ember burning. And, like, the father teaches the son, like, we don't give up. Like, we keep pressing on. And sometimes the son teaches the father that. That there's this kind of, like, uh, after, you know, after you put out a fire, even if it looks like it's out, it's not out. Like, you should really make sure that it's out. It's kind of like that. That there's something burning under the mm -hmm. surface, ready to you know, blow up again. And so she recommends these novels not as like, oh, read something dark and dour, but like read something that has, like there's a glimmer that we know that we live in a world that's marred by, you know, difficulty mm -hmm. and strife and violence, but that we all, if this Christian hope, kind of the seed planted within us, that it drives us, you know, to not give up, to actually participate in that vision. And it's, it's courage, it's to be courageous, to oh, say yeah. we're not going to give up, you know. It's funny, I sometimes... Uh, I think people walk away from church on Sundays sometimes and sigh. Like, yeah, I really should live that way. Yeah. <sighs> I know I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, uh, right? <laughs> like, like the scripture yeah. says, so if you want to be perfect, sell all you have, give your money to the poor, come and follow me. And the scripture says, and he, the young man went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Yeah. It was like, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm, af I'm afraid to let go of my life, because mm -hmm. I, I like my life, and yeah. so I'm afraid to let go of it to take hold of this awesome gift that God has mm -hmm. in store for me. Right. And so I'm just going <sighs> to... Um, 
you know, so that I think we have that internal struggle as we go through Advent um, time. And that courage is, uh, um, C.S. Lewis says, courage is not a, a virtue, but it is the underpinning of every virtue because it is, it is the place where every virtue meets its testing. And that's at its highest place, right. which is, I think, awesome. So good. Yeah. 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 It's like, am I going to be courageous enough to live, even a, even a little bit, yeah. by the by the ways of the kingdom, yeah. believing that God's going to bring it to pass. Right. And it wraps back around to what you originally said, which is expectancy. Like that's that's the attitude that you have courage to do something because you expect that it'll have impact, or you expect that it's the right thing to do, or that you expect that it's, well, for Christians, stepping into what God is trying to accomplish in the world. And so how do we how do we live expectant lives? Like, you know, something we want to talk about at Branches a lot is moving from believing something to practice, not just a one-time deal, but how do we practice expectancy? Or how would we, you know, say somebody comes up to us and they're like, you, you're an expectant person. I don't know if that's somebody, like somebody would say that specific thing, but yeah, that, that you glow that attitude of expectancy. What do you practice to live well, an expectant Well, first life? of all, the, the idea of being expectant, uh, when I was in my first church after I left here, I went to the city of South Houston, and, and during the first advent, I said Mary was pregnant. And one of the older ladies caught me and said, we don't use that word. And I said, what do you say? And she said, we say Mary's expecting. And I said, well, I'm confident saying pregnant, but, uh, but that's a good word. Right. Mary's expecting. So the symbol for Advent is Mary. I mean, Mary is pregnant. She's, something is about to happen, yeah, right? right? And uh, I love it. That I think it was Texas Children's Hospital had that when they opened their women's pavilion, they had a pregnant lady on the on the side of it that would get bigger and bigger and bigger as the building got closer and closer. Uh, I, I I think there's that picture of it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And uh, to, to lean into that and to live that. Um, you know, I, I think for me, the thing, the way uh, we practice it is to look for it. Um, there, there is a, a thing in our brain, the reticular activating system is one of my favorite pictures that you know, like if you, if uh, I have a little Honda truck, and now every time I see that same truck, yeah. I I see it, right? I see it. I never saw it before, but now I see it because I'm looking for it. It's part of my, and I think we begin that that Advent is that time when we begin to look for God's kingdom popping up around us and lean into that. So every night, you know, we often people do a, an, a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Um, but along with that, say, where did I see God's kingdom actually, where did I see somebody beating swords into plowshares? Where, where did I, I uh, see um, th- this uh, sense of living by hope? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm reminded of this kind of like uh, Ignatius, this, this Christian teacher made the exam in and the, 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 these kind of prayer practices. And he, he offered one of like, if you're trying to decide between two things, uh, live one day as if you've made one decision and live another day as if you've made the other. And in the same way, he said, um, think of the time you were most hopeless and then think of the t- think of who and what gave you hope. 
And now that you're on the other side of it, mm. you can identify people to say you felt hopeless in your marriage, but now you have hope in your marriage. You can identify people in your life that feel hopeless in that or feel hopeless in their job or feel hopeless with whatever else that if you're on the other side of hope, you can look for people that aren't and offer them maybe what, what somebody else gave oh, you, that I you're see. just a few steps ahead. And that's not to say like, I've learned something, like I'm very important, but to say like, be the person you needed when you needed hope. Be, give what you needed when, when you needed hope. Um, we have a tree out in the lobby uh, from a second cup uh, that they're an uh, organization in our city that have a, a coffee shop to offer hope to people who have, who have survived and um, are on the other side of human trafficking, who, though they have escaped that system, are still now in another system of trying to get back on their feet, find jobs, find work, find a place to live. And you'll look on these ornaments, they have very concrete things of uh, you know job training or a chef's uniform for to work at a restaurant or transportation all these things that we kind of take for granted and it's it's like if you're if you're expecting a child there's all these things that are kind of up in the air for a while and then you start to nail them down concretely and so i think that's part of how we offer hope in the world is like yeah we have this maybe nebulous hope to start nailing it down you know like oh this is a concrete vision of what god wants and just little by little we can start pulling those kind of flighty ideas down into reality and like have a concrete thing that we can do. And, and that's a way to deal with that sigh inside you that like, okay, I may not be completely living by the, the principles of the kingdom, yeah. but I'm doing this thing. Right. I'm right. doing this thing so I can, I can take hold of yeah. that. And you start uh, to notice it more like you notice your truck. You start to see it all yeah, around you. Right. Yeah. That's well, let me just say that if I can offer you hope that as a young pastor, it's okay later. So as hard as it may be now, <laughs> Thank you. I'm on the other side oh, of it. I appreciate that. Uh, it gets better. And it right. gets better. Okay, cool. It gets better. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that so encouragement. So I want you to know you. that. Yeah. Just if you find that person a few steps ahead, find some hope. Yeah. I thought I'd offer yeah, you Yeah, I appreciate that so much. Some. Well, thank you, Tom. I genuinely this do has been feel fun. Yeah, more hopeful fun. in this conversation, yeah. uh, more hopeful for this season. Excited about Advent. Excited for you all to discover hope in your own lives. I'm just ask that you'd pray for us and help sure. us find hope. Let's pray. Gracious God, uh, it is so hard. It is so hard to live by a different way, to live in a, 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 by a different spirit with different um, practices and principles, to live according to your kingdom, which is emerging among us right now. Um, and we, we believe and we have the courage to act as if, um, knowing that uh, that the kingdom is coming, that we know how the story ends. And uh, so, so we take um, St. Paul's uh, admonition in 1 Corinthians 15 to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain, that indeed you will bring about the fulfillment of your kingdom, and we can take hold of that. We pray in the name of uh, that Christ child who became the crucified and risen Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Amen.